0: Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's
1: time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. all right well, welcome welcome everybody oh, this week's moderator the, I already screwed it up welcome to sports Buzz I'm your host Ben Cower the host moderator judge jury and executioner for tonight it was a dreadful day outside but we're about to have a fantastic program right here for you we have four of Marshall University's finest ready to debate to the death over some sports I'll let them introduce themselves starting with the man who won in his debut last week. Y- you're okay, on. Uh, I'm Alex Jackson. I won last
2: week. You know, started with the late introduction there, but feel good and we're uh ready to get get some stuff going.
3: To recap you on what you missed. Alex said that
2: I'm Alex Jackson.
3: He's he's Alex Jackson and he's <laughs> here gonna, and he feels good. Who I feel are you, good who are yeah. you? I'm Jaden Taylor. I'd spent a long long time no see on the Sports Buzz here. show, but no no long time, no C as far as WNUL airways are concerned. Fair. I forgot to have
1: Alex and program an audition. Oh that's no,
2: you're, you're good. I, it's already uh, stacked against me. The odds no, are stacked
1: against No, me. I don't know about me. that. Can, you can still you cut you him off if you Justin want. Zimmer, I could.
4: The training coordinator would be in there to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Rogers, by the way. <laughs> Christian doesn't have a mic, but Christian Palmer is also here.
1: <laughs> can we hear him now? Hello. There we go. Hey, We got everybody on. It's just some bumps in the road. Just some bumps in the road. We're having fun. All right, let's start. Okay. (laughs) You guys want to start? Yeah. Are we ready? we finally ready? Okay. The NFL is back. Week one just flew by. 32 teams just turned in their first performances of the year. Let's grade those performances. Week one, which team do you feel earned an A? And which team do you think earned an F? We're going to start with Jaden. Ooh, okay. Uh,
3: I'll go. So I'll start with the letter A, the the, the grade A, and uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Actually, so this past Sunday, or I'll, here, I'll start from I'll start from the get go. So last season, the Cardinals were tied for sixth worst in yards per carry allowed at 4.6. The Titans last year were second in the league in rushing yards and second in the league in yards per carry at 5.2. In Sunday's game prior to kickoff, it would be reasonable and fair to presume that the Titans would dominate the Cardinals on the ground and at least give them a fighting fighting game. Well, Derrick Henry, last season's rushing yard leader, and in case you're curious, that he was 470 yards ahead of the next person. Well, he was bottled up for 58 yards on 3.4 yards per carry, and the defense looked nice. Chandler Jones, I believe he had four or five sacks as well, I uh, believe that... I think that's back-to-back years He's the Arizona Cardinals have had a four or five-sack person and debut. I think Hassan Reddick did last year as well. So Arizona D looking looking really solid for a team that was known for punishing teams on the ground last season, and the offense obviously looked spectacular. Murray had 289 yards, passing on 65% completion, four touchdowns to only one, t- only one pick, and as a team, the thing that most would not expect they dominated the rushing as a team they rushed for 136 yards at just a little over four yards a clip for the Cardinals if they want to compete in the tough NFC West they will have to win games like these and they made a major improvement after week one
2: I'm gonna go with the Rams I thought sure it's the Bears the Bears stink we get it whatever but Matt Stafford the question has always been with him can he win you know he always puts up good stats a lot of people call him stat padford that's not me I don't call him that but Matt Stafford 20 of 26 321 yards three touchdowns 20 point win there's some things to clean up sure the rush defense not as good as expected but the the Bears only allowed um, more yards than the Rams put up three times last season so against a defense that is not going to be as good as a few years ago but still really dominant player in Khalil Mack and um, Roquan Smith they've got a uh, good group of guys. I was impressed by the Rams. I'll give them an A for this week.
5: I'm actually going to go with a team that lost week one. Not only that's going to be surprising as well, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Huh. The question on the Browns was, was last year a fluke, or are they actually a good team? And I think that week one proved that they are a good team. They looked like a much better team than the Chiefs in the first half, and obviously Kansas City turned it on in the second half and was able to win that game, a recipe that they followed to success for pretty much the entire Patrick Mahomes tenure, falling behind early, but Cleveland proved in its last two games that they can compete with the Chiefs, and a lot of the knock last year was, well, Mahomes got knocked out, you couldn't beat Chad Henney. They came very close to defeating them again. Baker had a solid game, didn't play great at the end, but through for 321 yards. They ran for four touchdowns as well. They added some pieces to that defense that they already liked. The Browns are 100% for real. And even though they lost, it was to arguably the best team in the league. So I'm still giving them an A. I'm
4: going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in that division. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Palmer, because think about this. People are bashing the Steelers all offseason saying no offensive line, Big Ben's old, all this stuff. They lose – Bud Dupree to Tennessee, he did nothing in his debut, um, and then he go on the road to Buffalo, go down 10 nothing, and find a way to leave there with a win when people going into the year saying, hey, Buffalo's going to make the Super Bowl. They're the biggest contender to the Kansas City Chiefs, and Pittsburgh went into Buffalo and left with a victory. I think that was the shocker of the week, and that's why the Steelers earn a grade of an A, because yes... They got a victory, and it was an ugly victory, but you went on the road to arguably the biggest contender to the Bills or to the Chiefs in the Bills coming into this year. So I'm going to go Steelers.
5: Yeah, I I almost gave the Steelers an A as well, but the reason I didn't, I feel like I would give their offense in particular around a C grade for week one, but I would give their defense and special teams arguably an A+. But the I think the offense still has a ways to go, but I, I like that pick as well.
2: I, I don't know if I agree with the Browns pick, you know, d- just because of how the game ended. If you want to say first half Browns, give him an A, yeah, okay, but the way the game ended, I feel like has to be factored in and it was kind of a mess at the end. The Baker interception was just a disaster, but i I, I think they'll be pretty good. I mean it was a, it was a solid performance, but again, couldn't get the job done. so I don't I don't think you can give an A for that one.
4: A minus, I think, for the Browns. Or like a B. I mean, they had a
3: really good first half.
4: Yeah, I mean, th- they did fall apart, and things happened that shouldn't happen, like but the punter dropped the football and then got tackled. Yeah, they, so the Chiefs had easy. They field were position. very clearly rattled by the
2: end of the game. But to they, be, things to be, be, that f- happens though when you're playing defending. But that's not an A performance, though. A
3: minus. I think that's the issue. That's that's, that's the lining here. It's they had amazing. a solid performance, but not an A.
2: An A minus is when you go on and win, and you're like, oh, all right, well, there's some things to clean up. But when when they were up 29 to 20.
4: It was A+. They plus. fell apart. It was A+. Plus. I don't think they dropped enough for it to be a B. If they would have lost by I say several plus. scores, it would have been B, but it's A-. minus.
2: How it ended, I think it's a B plus Because, okay, you, you you have the punter drop the football, and then the last drive, things are going okay, and then Baker, I don't even know what he's doing on that last play, just trying to get rid of the ball and just throws a horrible interception. I think for
5: me, that was bad. B+. plus. For me, I think you just have to add it all in together. And I think looking at the big picture, even though the end of the game was – wasn't at all what they wanted they proved they can compete with the very best teams in the league
2: yeah i mean i agree with that i just think for that specific performance b plus
5: so
3: i
1: guess I'd say
4: well. we will
1: well, we want to do the f oh, as I think well. everybody's
2: gonna have the same team for f i, I, mean, it's, well, I
3: mean there's a couple know. different
2: the pack.
1: i mean you're supposed to mention an f but i just want to hear the, just real quickly who is your f
4: Green Bay Packers. Well, it's not the Packers.
1: It's oh, not the Packers. It's not, it's not, not the, the Packers. Packers. Okay, go ahead. I and mean,
4: they're a disappo- It was a disappointing, <laughs> not, not only one, disappointing, worst
2: performance of his career. I mean, yeah, of Aaron Rodgers' career.
4: Did we see what the Falcons did to a terrible Philadelphia Eagles team? What yeah, but they, they did to they, them.
3: Or what the, the Philadelphia Eagles but
4: did were to they the Falcons? To win that game, well, like the Falcons, Falcons had nothing, Falcons. nothing to the Eagles.
2: Green Bay with. went into not even New Orleans; they went into a half-packed Jacksonville mm-hmm. stadium in a game they were favored in. All this hype about Last Dance, Aaron Rodgers MVP, and he comes out and puts up—I mean, it's almost like he didn't play a snap in the preseason or something. I, just I a horrible did. performance. This is I a they did. this is
3: he a didn't. this is a Ben Cowar conspiracy, real quick for you. I think that Aaron Rodgers may have sabotaged the game. Right. Against Green Bay. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's like, hey, maybe I just play my way or, out of or
2: here. Or maybe the offensive line's like, hey, dude, I mean, you're talking about Green Bay. I'm leaving. They're like, screw you, buddy. We're just not even
4: going to do anything for the rest of the year. We're keep, giving up. Keep this in mind. The last team to get blown out by the Saints won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Buccaneers. The Buccaneers got blown out at home,
5: went on to win the Super Bowl. Sometimes you just need to so, be humbled a little bit. But that, that doesn't was,
4: mean it wasn't an effort performance. Rodgers was worried about Rogers, getting his situation right. So he, the chemistry wasn't there. You could tell he wasn't all. In on the game, as soon as you get down a couple of scores, okay, we'll throw this one away. It's not a great performance, but the Falcons were terrible. Like that's an F performance.
3: Well, mine's not the Packers either. Is the Falcons? It's not the Falcons. there's it a... It. Well, I guess it's my turn to go. I'll. I'm gonna actually say the Indianapolis Colts to me deserved an F grade, and the reason is that okay, so now they have their fourth starting quarterback in their fourth year. So each year has been new starting quarterback and what was the what was the one of the headlines of last season for Carson Wentz was not only his poor play but it's also uh, awful protection and getting blitzed and for someone that's already an injury prone quarterback he goes to the Indianapolis Colts who he thinks has a really good offensive line and what happens one of the most marginally bad pass rushes in the NFL is able to get three sacks on him and he hits them 10 different times i mean
2: but he was but that's I mean, supposed
3: to be their strong suit is their offensive line their pass protection being able to give wins enough time to get the ball out of his hands and they're not able to do their strongest his, fact his
2: stats weren't that bad though 25 of 38 for 251 and two tds that's not that that's not aaron Rodgers' uh third worst um passer rating of his career and the, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the second-worst graded quarterback at 43.3 well, out of 100.
3: Here's here's what I offer to you in that, is that do you believe that is a trend, or do you believe that is a one-off? Do you believe Aaron Rodgers is going to go out? We're grading this we-
2: based off a one-off scale. What performance was F?
4: He has a fair point, but I'm still with the Falcons. It said it freaking
3: terrible. I mean, they did look pretty bad. Bad. Hey, Dylan like, Hurts looked good.
4: Did anybody pick think the Eagles would win the game, let alone by 28 points or 26? I, mean, I, think, I think a lot of people I think possible to, to win. But did you anybody know. pick the Packers lose by 35 to the Saints? I agree, I agree. I mean, I think both are F performances in a way, but the Packers. Are, it was a D plus. No, it was
2: not. There was nothing even marginally acceptable in that game. There's not D-plus. one
4: thing you look at and come
5: out and say, "Oh yeah, that we're, we have this to look forward to." Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Alex. When you look down at the box score, I mean. Rodgers had almost as many incompletions as completions. Their leading rusher had just 19 yards, and then they made Jameis look like one of the best quarterbacks of all time.
3: After, I just don't put much into it because I know Week Two is going to come out and he's going to play well.
5: Yeah, well, they
4: played Detroit, so well. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a bounce back <laughs> game.
3: But after one week, they're
2: last in the NFL in points scored, yards gained, and offensive points. And guess what?
3: It. Their division is all 0 and 1, so it doesn't really matter. But this
4: performance. Terrible. Part of it's on Matt LaFleur, because it was a two-possession game in the second quarter, and they're at their own like 30-yard line, 28-yard line, and he went for it on fourth and five. That's on him for some of those plays. Now, Rodgers, I mean, you trust your MVP quarterback to do his thing, but not enough. I I can't get it right enough. an all, all right. right. The all right. are going to win 14 games. Uh, all right. Good, good points, you guys.
1: Game, all right. All right. Good points there. That was a good battle. Thank you. All right. We're going to stay in the NFL. Oh, are we? Yes. Yes, we are, and we're gonna go with. Uh, let's go with this one. With Ryan Fitzpatrick's hip injury, oh, sidelining him for at least the next eight weeks, the Washington Football Team is now not only one win in the hole, but they're also missing their starting QB. You're Ron Rivera. Do you roll with your young and inexperienced but talented QB Taylor Heineke? Talented. Or absolutely not. should you reunite with current free agent uh, QB Cam Newton? <laughs> We're gonna start this one off with Alex.
2: Okay, so the only way that you wouldn't bring Cam Newton in is if you think Taylor Heineke's the future of the franchise. You want to get him some experience. His career: three touchdowns, three picks, and uh, 589 yards. Do you think not? Cam? Dak Prescott had like 400 yards this weekend. He's got 589 in his career. Literally, put anyone else in. And I, I read NBC Sports reported that Ron Rivera does not have any interest in bringing in Cam Newton. But I, I think he would be better than Taylor Heineke. Would he?
3: Taylor Taylor Heineke gave the Super Bowl champs a run for their money he in did. the playoffs.
4: Here's my thing: If Ron Rivera was concerned about his quarterback room, <laughs> then why did he get Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> he's 39 years old. He's been on half of the league. He's been on half the teams in the NFL. So why do you sign Fitzpatrick and say, "Oh, Heineke can still back him up"? Knowing there's a chance that one, Fitzpatrick's terrible. Two, he might get hurt because he's old. And three. I don't know what three is, but (laughs) I had a thought there going for three, but I can't remember it. But otherwise, Cam Newton, you're asking him to come into an offense. Yes, he's worked with Ron Rivera before, but I'm sure the offense has its tweaks here and there. By the time he comes in, it's week six, and Washington could be one in five, and he's just playing on a team that's not winning, which means Cam's probably not going to be the starter the following year. So you're going to ask him to come in and pay him $44 million to go – 4-11, 4-12, 4-13, Four and 11, 4 and 12, 4 and thirteen. However many games we're playing this year, just keep Heineke.
3: I mean, I think I, I was gonna say I agree with you. I don't think bringing in Cam Newton is worth anything. I mean, Cam Newton Depends based on what off, you're off pay him. I mean, depend, how much were the Patriots paying him? If you're gonna bring him Five in as if six? you're gonna bring him in as a backup, Maybe. but I don't think he's better than Taylor Heineke based off what we've seen from Heineke thus far. I mean, he played well against the Bucks. He played better than what i believe cam newton would have played based off cam yeah, newton's performance last season
4: cam newton brings the running factor into it which is a good thing but then that takes the ball out of terry mclaurin's hands it takes the ball out of logan thomas who's a good tight end Hands antonio gibson in new england they didn't have any wide receivers they didn't even have a running back really they had a bunch of different running backs to throw out there so cam newton's throwing a little bit ability and to be able to run the football was effective at times when you go to Washington, it's Cam, it's your show, and it doesn't need to be Cam's show because Washington was a good football team last year, and who was their quarterback last year?
2: I think I think it's a question of what are your expectations for the season because a part of the NFL, too, is, all right, fans are back. We're selling some tickets. Cam Newton sells more tickets than Taylor Heineke does, but the question is how much are you going to pay him and how much faith do you have in Taylor Heineke? As of now, we have that one performance against Tampa where it was like, okay, we don't expect much out of him. Here he comes in. I don't think it would hurt them to bring him in, but, I mean, he's obviously not going to save the franchise either. It's just going to be, what is your goal if you're Washington?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. I feel like for right now, since you don't really know exactly what you have in Heineke, and they liked him enough to where they brought him back on a new contract, I would give him at least the next few games to see where they are if they nothing goes well, then you have to, I think, bring in Cam Newton, at least give him a shot. But for now, I would I would give Heineke the job and see what he can do with it. He looks like he definitely has some talent in the playoffs. We'll see if he can do it consistently. He's never really been given the chance so far.
3: The reason I go with Heineke thus far is just because of his. he's played well enough thus far. I mean, obviously, he played well in that game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last season, and then through camp in the offseason, obviously, they believed in him enough to name him the backup. Again, if he was bad, do the, if it was just a one-hit wonder, obviously they wouldn't have believed in him to be the backup at least because that means they're aware that Fitzmagic at some point may have to go out. Not while magical anymore. Heineke goes in, so I think they have enough confidence in him for him to be serviceable at the very least, and I don't believe that Cam Newton is any more serviceable than Taylor Heineke based off of last season's performance from Cam.
1: He was pretty bad. All right. All right. Some good points there. All right. Uh, We're going to head to college football now. We're going to stay with football, head to college. Clay Helton is gone. USC just recently fired their head coach of seven years, the straw that broke the camel's back, being a loss to an unranked Stanford team. Now on the hunt for a head coach, who do you think is the best choice for USC and why we're going to start with Andrew?
4: Well... I read about Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, going there. I don't know if that's a good fit for him, or that'd be a good pick at all. But I'm gonna go Luke Fickle from in Cincinnati. I could see him moving up at some point. Um, Justin's putting up on front of me, Coach Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's not going, leaving <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings for uh, the USC job. But I could see a guy like Luke Fickle moving up. He's had good success at Cincinnati. I could see. Uh, the Trojans wanting to grab him from the American Conference. There's a couple of coaches um, throughout college football, especially at mid-major schools, that have some, some good candidates: Buffalo's head coach, App State's head coach. But I think ultimately, I think Luke Fickle would be a good pick. You can see a couple of Big Ten schools, maybe James Franklin from Penn State goes on the move, but I'll go Luke Fickle.
2: Look, I think part of the USC job is it's a glamour job. When you look at it, you say, okay, this is one of the uh, top brands in college football. So we need they need a big pop and it's I mean as much respect as I have for Luke Fickle, I, I don't think that that's going to be a hire that is going to get the fans really excited. And part of that is, you know he we've seen him coach at a major program in Ohio State. It didn't go so well. Granted, there were some circumstances out of his control. But I think there's a couple of different coaches. You mentioned James Franklin briefly. I think that that would be a good fit. And, you know, has he kind of reached the ceiling at Penn State? I mean, he's won everywhere he's been at. He he made Vanderbilt nine and four twice. Do you know that? Vanderbilt is like the cellar dweller of college football, and he turned them around. Penn State, he's 62 and 28. Don't forget, before James Franklin went to Penn State, they were coming off the whole, you know, the end of the uh, – era there the Joe Paterno era and things were not looking so well and he turned them in to a contender he beat Ohio State he won a Big Ten title he put Penn State back on the map that could be someone you look at another person is Matt Campbell at Iowa State he's turned Iowa State around Iowa State was horrible when he got there and they won the Fiesta Bowl last year so those are a couple names that could maybe get some people excited there's going to be people that say Urban Meyer I don't necessarily see Urban Meyer going there I mean he did say he's not going to go
3: there but he's I mean, coached one game in Jacksonville, yeah, I doubt. I just yeah, doubt. We saw how that went.
2: I mean, he didn't I, have Tim Tebow at quarterback. Nick Saban did say he net. wasn't going to take the Alabama job, but and Urban Meyer has has a history of saying, uh, you know, I need to take away some time for my health, blah blah blah, whatever. I don't see him going to USC. I just don't. So I I think that it'll probably be somebody like a James Franklin or a Matt Campbell. Um,
3: <laughs> he said blah 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 his health, <laughs> like. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to uh I'm actually going to say somebody that I don't think anyone's brought up this for. It's uh Greg Shiano. He's currently the uh Rutgers. what? Rutgers? Yeah, Rutgers head coach. Yeah.
4: Um, I get him confused with Doug Moreau.
3: It's okay. He's a he isn't a sexy look, choice. They look, they look like, he isn't a sexy choice. He's got a choice. lot of
2: controversy. He almost got that Tennessee job.
3: But the guy is proving again during his second stint at Rutgers that he has the recipe for a quick rebuild, which is obviously okay. something USC would be highly interested in. And he's done it with way f- worst resources in New Jersey versus what you would have at USC. If he's able to turn down a school or or turn around a school like Rutgers for the second time and has proven that, then I would imagine that USC would see that and say, oh, well, here we can give you more money, more resources, better scouting, more interest, all of those things. And you'd have to imagine that he could pull it off because he's also – had time under Urban Meyer as well at Ohio State, so it's not like he's not used to the big-time schools and recruiting and stuff like a that. A lot of controversy at Ohio
2: State, though. That's why he didn't get that Tennessee job. That's a good point.
3: Yeah. He had a lot of controversy, so I think that
2: would be the main thing with him. He's not as good enough. Like Urban I mean, Meyer is has,
3: USC a, afraid of controversy?
2: But Urban Meyer has a lot of controversy, but he's won a lot. Greg Schiano has not There's, won as much, and he has a lot. There was a lot of baggage at that Ohio State. He was going to get hired at Tennessee, and then the fans basically outraged, <laughs> didn't want him. If you're looking at turning around rebuilding programs, look at Brent Bannon from uh, San Jose State. Turned them around, won the Mountain West Conference last year. He would know the West Coast
5: area. I think he would be a better hire than Greg Schiano. Urban Meyer, the <laughs> USC's head coach next season.
4: Wow. Doubt it.
5: He's going to have a one-and-done huh. season that Zimmer's been predicting all all season long, well, all school year long already, I think Urban's going to be a one-and-done with the Jaguars. USC will put somebody in place right now just to hold the job, you know, and that will be too irresistible for him in the offseason. He'll go back, try to win his fourth national championship at a power, former powerhouse school that he could turn back into a powerhouse. I feel like Urban Meyer much more fits back in USC than he does in the NFL with the Jaguars.
2: I, I think that he'll give it a, a second year, depending on the, how the re- – we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Again, though, we've been hearing Urban Meyer to USC rumors for a long time, and we heard Urban Meyer to Texas rumors. We heard Urban Meyer to wherever rumors. and Fox. Any, any time a, yeah, a big job comes open, you hear Urban Meyer, and I just feel like there's very few places that he would go to. Because he, he's a coach, you know, he's got pride. He wants to win right away. USC, it's going to take a little bit of work. I mean, there's an organizational issue there. Um, as, as much talent as there is, it takes time. I mean, look at Chip Kelly at UCLA. It took time to build that up. There's a lot of athletes there. But I don't know if Urban Meyer is wanting to go into a situation, especially in college football where he is revered as one of, like, the greatest coaches ever, and go 8-4,
4: and 9-3 and three at USC. I'd be thoroughly shocked if Urban Meyer went back to college. But I also wouldn't. I mean, be. It could be a Sabin, Could be a Saban situation. He's old. Yeah. He's like getting close to sixty, isn't he? USC needs to go young.
3: So maybe they go Luke Fickle. No. Luke Fickle. Yeah. I mean, there's obvious deep connections there.
5: Well, Pete, Pete Carroll was up there a little bit when he took over as well. You never know. They might. They might go old. Could.
2: I mean, if you're going to go old, Urban Meyer would be the guy to go with. But I, I doubt it. I mean, he
3: looks really good at coaching right now.
2: It's a completely different sport, you know. It's you know, a different
3: sport or a different league?
2: Well, it's a it's lot. It's a very different sport compared to college. I, mean, it, that's true. I thought
3: that's the same game. I thought they Yeah, but the it's football, very different. they you catch You would
2: admit the end zone. to college and NFL, it, it's completely different. I think the football You go is from smaller. recruiting guys in college, <laughs> and you can kick them off the team, and he goes to this Jaguars team. It's a bunch of players. He doesn't even know who they are. The football harder to see in the NFL.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know those lines? All right, good points. Good points everybody and good points. That'll do it for the first segment of our show. When we come back, somebody's going home. Somebody's going to have to leave the panel. We don't want to see that happen, but we have to make it happen. We're sorry. We'll be back. Stay tuned.
0: coverage of Marshall athletics is right here on WMUL FM Huntington WFGH FM Fort Gay and WTHM LP Ravenswood West Virginia
1: Vestmeyer no
0: bazookas to the back of the net and he ties the game for the herd call him bazooka because that was a rocket by bazookas
5: and she's going to lift this one high and deep way back into left field. That was by the light pole. Look up and say goodbye. Allie Harrell with her 10th career home run. She has now tied the Marshall freshman record for most home runs to start a career. Under 25
0: now over to Williams from three. And he knocks it down. Jansen Williams puts the hurt on top. 70 to 69, 19 seconds left in the contest. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. So
1: Marshall and North Carolina about 45 seconds away from tip-off here inside the Dean Dome.
0: High atop the Liberty Bowl. Broadcasting from what we'll call affectionately the tool shed. As the kick is high and end over end, we're underway here at Lane Stadium.
1: Welcome back to the Wolstein Center in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Marshall women's basketball on the
0: brain. WMUL FM Huntington.
1: All right. Welcome back to Sports Buzz, everybody. It's that time of the game, where we got to cut somebody loose, we don't we don't want to do this, but I have to. I'm sorry, Christian Palmer, the first going home tonight. Christian, any last words, thoughts? Thank you for being on the show.
2: His mic may not be on. Well, have now fun. it's on. As always,
5: <laughs> uh, enjoyed being on. It was a good time, as always. Fun talking with the guys.
1: Alright, thank you Christian, as always Alright, down to three Jaden, Andrew and Alex Alright, we're going to stay in college football for now with the Big 12 Big 12 news the Big 12 conference welcomed four new programs for the 2023-24 athletic season BYU, Cincinnati, Houston and UCF Out of these four programs who will this move to the Big 12 not work out for? to start with this one with Alex
2: BYU they're 8 and 12 against power 5 schools you look at uh, Cincinnati they're 11 and 9 they have the best record among these four teams against power 5 schools UCF 1 5 of their last 7 versus power 5 and Houston that's the perfect. geographical fit for this they're right there in Texas they're which perfect
1: which one is oh. uh
2: BYU they, they don't really make much sense geographically for this job I mean they're they're in Utah and I I, I just think it's really not going to work out long term for them they've had one good season the last however long they had a great last year but they didn't really play anybody that was worth anything and the team they did play in Coastal did not appear to be uh or they did not beat Coastal I mean so I, I think it's going to be the hardest for BYU.
3: Well, I would rebuttal that first statement about Utah being too far and saying that West Virginia is a bit further, I believe, than Utah from Texas, which is essentially where Probably. all the schools are. So, I was, West Virginia's not a good fit either. I mean, they're not a good fit, but they've been there for now close to 10 years, so It's not really
4: a fit question, it's will work out.
3: But
2: has West Virginia really worked in the Big 12? I mean, d- depends on depends on your
3: definition of worked out, I guess. Haven't won the Big Twelve. They haven't beaten Oklahoma. But who has besides Oklahoma? <laughs>
4: yeah, that's true. So, Texas here and there, Oklahoma State here <laughs> there. I'm going to go Houston. I mean, Dana Holgerson was in the Big Twelve. How'd that work out? It didn't work out too good. <laughs> Is Houston, that West Virginia? That's why. Well, no, but look what he's done at Houston in the American Conference. He's gone four and eight and three and five. So what's he going to do with the Big Twelve? I mean, those are past Power Five. I don't care geographically. That just means you're going to lose the battle because if you go to Texas Tech and lose. You just lost recruits because they're gonna be like, oh, well, you beat Texas Tech or Texas Tech just beat you. Why would I go to the team that's worse?
3: So I also, it hurts. I, I I also agree with you, Andrew. And to piggyback off your point there, uh, I was told that BYU was the worst choice. But if you look at the schedule from last season, you can see who did BYU beat. He beat Houston. That's true. I mean, so I mean, just based off the most recent matchup that we've had between some of these schools. BYU is the team that's ahead. They they beaten Houston head to head. I think that Houston is yeah, but that was by well, that far was last
2: season, and it was during.
3: Well, they haven't played this season.
4: They play BYU's not in the American. I don't think they're, they're not. Bad. They're not. Yeah. But I'm
3: just going based off the most recent matchup between the schools yeah. last year.
4: All four that... teams have the case to make where they'll pan out, where they won't pan out. I don't see Houston panning out at all. At that's all. Why I picked them, yeah. but I could see BYU being good. I could see Cincinnati being good. I could see UCF being good. I don't not see Houston being relatively good. I don't see them getting above six wins. If I, get, I disagree. I disagree. If they play four FCS schools, I'd I disagree. Maybe Kansas. Kansas. Maybe you'd be Kansas.
3: Maybe because when you be Kansas. look Kansas. You at. Might.
2: Look at Houston at their peak, right when they had Tom Herman and they had a good staff. Like they were going, they beat Oklahoma in the well, opener. They had the win against Florida State. But they had I they thought had you Tom said.
3: Herman. But wait, wait, wait. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about.
2: Okay, first of all, I don't think Dana Holgerson's going to be there long term.
3: Well, hold on, I have to. If you're to... talking
2: about long term fit, Houston makes a lot more sense in the Big 12 than BYU does. And also considering the fact BYU's level of competition is pretty low, and when they go and play these higher level teams, not Arizona, who's just horrible. They're eight and twelve against the
4: Power Five. That's a fair point because I'm, th- I'm thinking short term, with the Holger today it's talking, not going to work when you, out. When
2: you look at a conference,
4: like, but
3: even but even then, though, I mean, you said that last year's team matchup with BYU didn't matter, but then you would point back to the previous coaching and previous. I'm leadership. talking about
2: long term fit because you're talking about one game. I'm talking about. I mean, I'm
3: talking about I'm talking about who's the current coach there and how well how good are they? Do they fit? I'm into talking about the
2: potential of the program. Because if you look at the potential of the program, Houston could compete against Big Twelve teams. Because they beat Oklahoma, they were they beat Louisville that year. They were top five. So at Houston's best is better than at BYU's best. You have a point because
4: BYU doesn't play the competition. That they the they other feed teams off do, lesser competition, which is fine. Because think about West Virginia came over from the Big East, which was fine competition, probably about the same as the American, maybe a little bit better because WVU was pretty. Was hot up there in ranking. USF at the time was up there in ranking. Was good. Pitt was good. So I think the Big East at the time was better than the, and the American. And used transition's fine. So I can see the case for BYU. But just Houston's not been good since that thirteen win year with Tom Herman. Well, There's I'm saying if no with a little tr- bit of an adjustment, the trend just doesn't show me that Houston's going to be good. I c- it only gets worse if you up your conference. To me. Yeah, so
2: I just think that, like, like I said, I think it's all about long-term fit because we're saying who's not going to pan out. You don't judge that based off one year.
3: Well, how do you sell that to the Big Twelve? How do you say, "Hey, what look"? What do you
2: mean? Oh, I don't know. Geographically, they're right not geographically. That's, uh, th- what do you? Yeah. Mean?
3: Obviously, geographically doesn't matter if they have West Virginia and Iowa. In it there. does
2: matter some because where, where's like where are some of the best recruits coming from? Not West Virginia. Yeah, that's a fair point. Not Utah. No, but We're coming I'm from Texas. That's a recruiting ground right there. If you're good, you can compete against the big boys. But what I'm saying is And also is... I don't think the Big 12 Oklahoma, the team who's one it's leaving, it's going to not be as good of a conference when you have Oklahoma and I know we like to rag on Texas. Who's who are going to be the top teams there? Baylor Oklahoma State
4: you still have to win games to win your to to recruit to be able to recruit well because you're competing with TCU Texas Oh I think joining Texas the bigger 10. conference will help them
2: a little bit but if like,
4: you if think, you're think just about losing all those games you're still the 5th 6th How do we know they're going to the lose state? all those games Because I mean I, recent
2: <laughs> recent, recently they haven't played well <laughs> but recently they've been a
3: better program overall than BYU has <laughs> Okay well how do you I judge I, I that How do you project that. how do you project them getting better recruits if they're not winning
2: How do you know they're not going to win that's because they I'm haven't
3: thinking. been winning recently. What would magically change them? You move coach you okay, listen, you change You just ragged on Dana and I said I don't think he's, he's gonna bad. be there long term. Yeah, I agree, but, but what I'm got, saying is got is got that you don't you don't coach. bring in you don't bring in new people by saying, Oh, hey, look at our last few years. We've been awful and we're gonna go play harder schools and we're gonna be worse. No, you say you're gonna be on T V because you're playing in the
1: Big Twelve against these good teams. Okay.
3: We've recruited enough.
1: <laughs> all right all right that was a good discussion all right okay
3: i like how none of us brought up cincinnati though
1: nobody yeah nobody did I don't bring see up cincinnati them. I don't see them
3: yeah it's a weird fit all right like well, Virginia was a big weird fit though. okay
1: all right that's the end of that okay but leaving college football now and since <laughs> i'm the host you know what's coming <laughs> NASCAR, I, I put it, i put i put it in the notes yeah that's right we're turning left we're taking a left turn here.
3: Oh, God. We're How many a NASCAR How many question. left turns, though? Just,
1: I mean... 300? I, just one. To this question. <laughs> a NASCAR question. That's right. Round one of the playoffs for the Cup Series ends this weekend at Bristol. Bristol's a short track where anything can and will happen, including miracles. Four drivers currently sit outside the cutoff line, but nobody besides the top four in points are mathematically safe from elimination. Who are the four drivers getting eliminated at the end of the night, and why? We're going to start with Andrew.
4: You know what? I haven't really thought too much about NASCAR coming into this, but I will tell you, Kevin Harvick is the defending champion, so he will not be eliminated. So that's that for you right there. I'm hearing a little bit of echo there. I don't know what that is about. I am as well. Um, But... Kevin Harvick will not be eliminated. And how many drivers make it? Ben, I'm just not too familiar with the number.
2: It's going to go from 16 to 12, I
1: believe. Correct. 16 to 16 12? to uh, 16 to 12. So we're, I'm eliminating four people. Four people are going home. Bush. Okay. You think Bush? other Bush? Other No, Bush. they're not. They're so. He good at said Bristol. other Bush. <laughs> they're so good at Bristol. You look at their
2: their rankings here. I mean, it, it doesn't.
4: But those would be the people I would. At Bristol, yeah, Reddick, are, Redick. Redick. And Stenhouse Jr. That's my four.
1: Stenhouse Jr. isn't in Active the Active career wins at Bristol. He's not in the playoffs. He's in the race, but he's
2: not in the Active playoffs. Active career wins at Bristol. Kyle Busch at six. He's one of the best at Bristol.
4: He's not going home. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best in the NFL. <laughs> so you never know. You That's never funny. Know. Ben, ben prefaced it with anything can happen at Bristol. I'll leave it at that.
1: Jaden? Okay. Well, do you have... <laughs> uh, Come on, guys. You don't like NASCAR? I've never
4: watched a race in my life. (laughs) 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 I simply Googled, or I I searched NASCAR on (laughs) ESPN (laughs) to the standings. uh,
3: (laughs) Look, I've watched a few Daytona 500s in my day. Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. I've watched a few. um, Based off my small analysis of um, NASCAR background knowledge, um, one, I'm going to say that the bushes, who have been around for a million and a half years, they're staying in. They're not getting eliminated. No, 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 no way, no, not no, no way, no way, not, not at a Bristol. chance. Not they're, on this night. They're staying forever. Joey Logano, he's in. You know, you know, he's there forever. Just gonna start naming names that I recognize and I know that they're not leaving. I'm just <laughs> well, <laughs> Chase. Guys, it's, it's, <laughs> yes, it's about
2: who's leaving. <laughs>
3: well, that numbers it out though, because you keep saying all the people that are in, that leaves yeah, four fair. people out. Jay Salient, he's not gone. Kevin Harvick, he's not gone for certain. So who is? <coughs> who's well, gone? Probably who's the, the four gone? people that are? Christopher Bell's one. Oh, Gr- Bell's gone? Yeah, Bell's
1: Unfortunately, gone. Unfortunately,
2: Michael McDowell will be gone. I it's it's unfortunate. He had you know, he had a good year. Mm. He did you know won uh, the five hundred, but it was a five hundred, but miracle. He's um, a, he's a good player. Alex Bowman, gone I believe. And then uh, William Byron, you know, finishing nineteenth at Richmond is taking the momentum out on a pretty good season. You know, it was disappointing. He said his team's performance was quote terrible. So I, I believe that he will be going as well, and then, you know, I mean, we'll throw uh, Eric. How, how do you say this last name? Uh,
1: um, Almarola.
2: Almarola. Al yeah, I think he's gone him. as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my four. Those are good picks. I need to replace only five Daniel points for only five points for Eric. Only five. Stenhouse mm-hmm.
4: Jr. because he is not one of the sixteen competing. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. I'm gonna NASCAR. With... Y'all don't know NASCAR. I'm gonna go with. We'll rag on uh, BYU. I'm gonna
3: put one. UFC in the next one I host. I Byron. want you to know. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Easy money. Cowards getting in there. Yeah, I'm getting in there. Byron
4: Reddick in the bushes. Wow. I cannot believe. You think the bushes? bushes are gone. That's, I'll talk to you Wednesday about that. That's that
2: bull. There's no way. They, like literally, if you said who's not going to get eliminated, to the bushes because they're so good at Bristol. That stuff I can't happen sometimes. I'm disgusted
1: by that pick. I'm disgusted. That's a very that's interesting a di- that's pick. A major disrespect. I you know, I appreciate Maybe you guys too many being Bush lights. good sports. I, I appreciate you guys being good sports towards that question. We're going to head back to NFL, <laughs> familiar territory. All right. But I you know, I've been itching to ask this question. And I, So why you know, haven't you? I it up cuz I've been waiting. I've been waiting. All right. A major storyline this past weekend was the abrupt yet effective debut of Justin Fields. Although the Bears lost 14-34, to Fields scored one of the Bears' two touchdowns. Uh, everyone and their mother is believing Fields should be the starting QB instead of veteran Andy Dalton, except for Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Arguing in favor of Fields would be too easy, so I want you to play devil's advocate give me your best reason why Nagy is right to keep Dalton as the starting QB over Justin Fields for now. We're going to start with Jaden. Well, to play devil's advocate and keep it rolling with what Matt
3: Nagy thinks, I think that he can probably look back to his previous uh, young rookie starting quarterback, which was Mitchell Trubisky. And we can see how that panned out. Maybe he believes that, one, he was just forced into the fire too fast and was set himself up for failure. Uh, another thing is, is that their offensive line uh, is somewhat banged up and it's just not that good. And so putting back a rookie a quarterback who is still, to this day, learning the speed of the game. I mean, there are so many disguise coverages uh, that I saw in preseason that uh, all of the NFL teams were using on the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, simple disguise coverages that they just haven't seen before. And so I think throwing him to the fire, I don't think that he's quite yet ready at that level uh, to be thrown Annie Dalton because it's not like Annie Dalton played like absolutely horrible. I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't so bad to where he was throwing three four picks and you're like, okay, someone else has got to get in there. I think – Holding and holding Justin Fields off, even for another three, four, five, six weeks, holding them off just a little bit more, letting him – you can put him in, in packages if you want to use his legs, let him get some more feels for the game. If you want to run a an odd two QB system, you can do that as well, not saying that you cannot use him at all, but I think that um, Nagy may have a fair point in that letting the – Uh, rookie quarterback just get his feet wet a little bit more before throwing him to the fire it might not be such a bad thing I agree
2: with that and I think you talked about the offensive line I mean coming into the season they were ranked 28th in offensive line by pro football focus not exactly great they were ranked 20th last year and I mean we saw what happens with you put a rookie quarterback back there you saw what happened with Joe Burrow last year with a bad O-line bad things can happen and plus Fields was injured he had the groin injury coming into the season, so maybe he's taking a little time to get that. And we all saw him get blown up in the preseason game; his helmet comes flying off. You see what can happen in the game, so I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, it's like Jane said, you know, letting him get in there, like see the game, and not have to be in there all the time. You know, he, he can get a feel for it. It's basically like in-person film; you see it yourself. So I, I don't think it's the worst thing. So that would be
4: my devil's advocate for for Maggie there. The situation, I think, is that Chicago, when they signed Andy Dalton, came out and said, he's our starting quarterback. Andy Dalton said, I signed here because they told me I'm the starting quarterback, so why would you not sign? So I think that's first and foremost, that's the main reason why Andy Dalton's the starter because, yes, you lose to the Rams, but going into the game, the Rams were better than the Bears. I think everybody knew the Rams were probably going to win that football game And it looks bad if, just because you lose the first game, you say, all right, Justin, step in here. You better win 10 games because, obviously, he might not be ready for that. Obviously, Matt Nagy in practice and camp leading up to the situation here and in the games now believes that Fields isn't ready, number one. And number two, that Andy Dalton can win them enough football games. The point of coaching is to win games. You're not just trying to go lose. and and win four or five games, get a top pick. You're trying to win football games, and Coach Matt Nagy believes Andy Dalton can do that. Why go to Fields so early if you don't think he's ready? And two, why derail Andy Dalton and tell him you lose one game, you're done? Because, I mean, he could lose the next three games and and sit there and say, okay, maybe he's really not that good, fields his time, but if Andy Dalton wins a couple of games, it's going to pay off. You don't just abandon the ship after week one
3: i i want to add as well too i don't really believe that there should be a sense of urgency to throw fields into the fire because if you look at the division they're all zero and one and the lions are god awful the vikings based off week one they look a little better than last year but they're still not coming in to crown the nfc north um so i think coming into the season a lot of people suspected it was going to be a It was going to be a race for second between the Bears and the Vikings, I imagine. But each team went 0 and 1, and so you don't really need to be like, "Oh crap, we're already super behind uh, for the playoff race." Right now, you're still essentially all even. I mean, of course, it comes down to tiebreakers, but essentially, you're all even after week one still. So, not really a sense. There's just really doesn't need to be. Justin Fields time yet
2: when you throw a quarterback into the fire when your team's not that good we saw what happened with Sam Darnold even if you are talented you you would have you have to be like a Patrick Mahomes level quarterback to save a a team that's just not that good
3: I mean I feel like the Chiefs were in a
2: way better situation I mean
3: they had Alex Smith who took him to a
2: I'm not disagreeing with
3: that I'm I, I was just saying Patrick Mahomes had a lot better help than
2: yeah I agree but I'm saying that the talent gap between fields and mahomes there's a big gap obviously
3: well we'll have to wait and see we've only seen him play one regular season game well not even a whole game mahomes the goat the goat <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> <playing>. <laughs> I, I think that
2: we we see what can happen when you throw someone in there who's
3: not ready to go i agree with the i the agree thing. with the sentiment though i was just saying Mahomes.
4: i would a play Justin
3: fields right now yes I thought you just said...
4: We had to play Devils at Fear. No,
3: fair enough. We did
1: have to. So I, 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 I wouldn't. wouldn't. But I, I'm j- glad I made agree. it seem that. All right.
4: That means I did good there if I made it seem like I wanted Dalton. All I right.
1: Don't. All right. Good points. Good points. Good round. Good round. All right. It's... It's that time of the night again. we got to send somebody home. It didn't play the outro. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> It's getting closer to that time. We got about ten minutes left. We got to send another person home. I don't want to do this, but you know we have to. I'm sorry. It's in the contract. Uh, We'll be back. Don't you dare to touch that dial. You're listening to (laughs) Sports Buzz on WMUL.
0: worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage.
1: Welcome back to Joy Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio a Stone's Throw from I-75. Back inside the KFC Young Center
2: in Louisville, Kentucky. And welcome
1: back inside the MAC Center here in
2: Kent, Ohio. Marshall Women's Basketball preparing to take on the Golden Flashes.
5: From Millett Hall in Oxford, Ohio, the campus of Miami University. Here atop Dowdy
2: Ficklin Stadium in the Emerald City, Greenville, North Carolina.
0: WMUL FM, Huntington.
1: Welcome back to Sports Buzz. I'm your host Ben Cower. Again, we have to send somebody home. Last round was very, very, very close. I think everybody made two great points and everybody missed one. But just based off of that, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to send Jaden Taylor home. Wow. I and I will tell you why. Okay. I think I really liked your point. The devil's advocate point, and I think you made a good point on the Big 12. NASCAR, obviously, you kind of like what that's fair. Uh, but the earlier points, I will say, I, I disagreed with the Colts being an F pick. Okay. And just some of the earlier points. I but think the Cardinals pick was solid, though. The Cardinals pick was solid. Well, here is the
3: thing, right? I I think what I was going for here was mm-hmm. that everyone was going to go for the Packers. Mm-hmm. So you got to separate separate yourself, but sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. Mm-hmm. But that's hey, fair. he just played a great the game. They're so. going
4: to get eliminated, so that's why he came I
3: mean, I yeah. Was, he said he said that he, was the he, point that I am just wondering yeah, how the man so man starts mentioning people that. I will say. Are not going to be gone. When they, I mean, they
4: aren't in the cup race or whatever they call and, it. And, and, he's,
3: and he gets a pass. I mean, at least my point was valid.
4: Not was it right? It. In, in your opinion, maybe it. not. But at least it was, you know, lie. in the realm. I am fully confident they won't make it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, people who we'll weren't even in out it. Out next week. All right, I'm, okay. I'm out of here. This Jane, is, Jane, this is rigged. rigged. A great game. It's rigged. It's I get not it. rigged. I get it. It's rigged. It's yeah, you, listen,
3: rigged. he wants a
2: little
4: boost from the sports director.
1: <laughs> so, I'm out. Ooh, oh, sport. well, the sports director's going Ooh. out after this. So he won't get much for it. Yikes.
4: Yikes. yikes, yikes. Okay, that right was right a go. good game.
1: Go. All right. Let's close this out, gentlemen. We got about six minutes left and some topics left to decide and debate. All right. We're going to stay, or we're going to head back to the NFL. All right. Or, we are already in the NFL. How about we stay there? Uh, rookies, rookies, rookies. Quite a few NFL careers began this past weekend. Some successful and some not. Which rookie impressed you the most and why? We're going to start with Alex. Mac Jones for the Patriots. 29 of 39
2: uh, for 281 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. And he, he was impressive to me because... He looked poised and he just didn't make the mistakes that you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks make. You look at Trevor Lawrence, three touchdowns, three picks. You look at Zach Wilson, he played a horrible first half of football. Mac, Mac Jones had a consistent half of football and he was just really solid. Um, some other players I like to mention. How about his Alabama teammate, Devontae Smith, in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform, caught that touchdown pass in the same corner of the end zone he caught it in the national championship in the 2017 18 Alabama season? We could also throw in Jamar Chase, five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. Good rookie performances all around, but Mac Jones by far the best rookie quarterback debut for this season.
4: Yeah, that was an easy answer, really, because Mac Jones was phenomenal. I really didn't know what to expect going into that game just because I know Cam Newton was there, so how much did Mac Jones really work with the ones? And quite frankly, it looked like he'd been working with the ones since last year because he he, he threw the football really well. He had a good mixture on offense, and remember in New England their best wide receiver on paper is Nelson Aguilar. So it's not like he's working. Drops with, everything. Yeah, way. it's not like he's working with a lot. So definitely Mac Jones. I'm, I have to agree with that. Jamar Chase was uh, a kind of a notable standout because I thought with that crowded wide receiver room he wouldn't stand out, but he got a deep ball. So yeah, I mean besides that nobody else really stood out. Zach Wilson was fine. He, he kept the game close with Carolina, but Mac Jones the overall definite uh, rookie standout there.
1: All right, good points, good points. We're going to head to college football now. This might be the final point, so make it good. Toledo almost beat number eight, Notre Dame. And Colorado almost on the fifth ranked Aggies. On a Saturday filled with almost upsets, one actually happened. Number 12, Oregon, took down number three, Ohio State. Did Oregon truly outmuscle a third ranked Buckeyes team to earn a top four ranking? Or did Oregon get lucky because of Ohio State's recent struggles? We're going to start with Andrew.
4: I was never high on Ohio State. Let's remember they have freshman quarterback CJ Stroud at quarterback. I mean, he was there last year, but this is his first real action. And you're going up against an Oregon team that had a lot of experienced guys coming back and, quite frankly, just looked like the better team. I, I was never high on Ohio State against Minnesota because Minnesota kept it close. They lose their starting running back in that football game. I think he tore his Achilles, which was sad because he's a really good running back. Muhammad Ibrahim, I think. Yeah, he's out name. for the year. He's yeah. out for the year. So. Minnesota lost him in that football game, and Ohio State didn't look that much better than Minnesota in that football game. To be fair, they Ohio State pulled away
2: when he tore, when he had the injury, though, because when he he was in the game, that's the reason why. Yeah, yeah, that's without
4: him. So I'm not surprised by this result at all. In fact, Oregon coming in was like 14 point underdogs, and look didn't look like they looked like 14 point favorites. I think for a while, Ohio State with a freshman quarterback, I don't think I think they were. Expected to be better than they are, but I
2: kind of disagree because look, I don't think the, the one point you can criticize about Ohio State is the defense, because I mean their offense they outgained Oregon by like 100 yards, and Oregon had what 400 some yards. Ohio State had almost 600 yards of offense, if not 600 yards of offense.
4: so well n- numbers don't mean anything. Navy ran for 340 yards against Marshall and lost by six scores. I think they mean something though when it's a competitive game
2: because they Ohio State did still have some explosive plays. You still saw Olave get out there and, and, and get some plays. But I think it, at the end, my point was this was more about Oregon because they never trailed in this game. They went into Columbus in a place Ohio State had not lost since the 2017 game against Oklahoma. They've been dominant at home. So Oregon took care of the football. They didn't have any turnovers. Uh, Ohio State's defense was out of position, but Oregon had huge plays. They made They had the big run to start the second half. Um, And and also, let's let's not forget about this. Two key injuries for Oregon's defense. Kayvon Thibodeau, who some people think is the best player in the country, didn't even play. And they were still able to hold off this Ohio State team. They were able to bend and not break. Uh, And also, they had um, Justin Flo, a linebacker, who's probably going to be out for the season. So they're out without two of their star players on defense, and they were able to go into Ohio State and win. And I, I was just... Uh, very impressed. Oregon only went three and out twice. The place was rocking. The The chance was there for Oregon to lose this game. It gets down to 35-28. They go three and out. Ohio State gets the ball back, has a chance. C.J. Stroud driving down the field. They pick it off, win the game. So it's definitely about Oregon winning it because Ohio State had chances to come back and win. This was about Oregon. I was very impressed, and I think that Oregon versus UCLA matchup is shaping up to be very nice there in the middle of the season.
4: It, it definitely is an Oregon win that means more than this being an ohio state loss because ohio state can run the table and still make the playoff but it the in oregon's offense was good and keep in mind too a lot of the yardage i think is because ohio state was trailing the entire game so they're throwing the football a lot more you're gonna move the football but you still have to move it though they did but oregon's defense got off the field three times ohio state turned the football over on downs the fourth drive that also they moved the football along was the interception at the end of the game
2: Is, is that our cue to be done, or are we?
4: Your mic is—I don't think—is on. Yeah,
2: your mic's not on.
1: I clicked the wrong mic. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Where is the? Uh, can you set that up for a second? But yeah. Okay. You guys made good points. they are having technical difficulties in the back here a little bit, but good. You know, good discussion at the end there. Good points. Good points. As we come up with about thirty seconds to go. 7.30. I'm going to declare the winner. It was a close battle, but Alex Jackson, two appearances on Sports Buzz, two victories. Alex, you got the spotlight. What would you like to say?
2: Well, I want to you know, give thanks to the other competitors, Jaden, and Christian, Andrew, a fantastic group of guys, really um, knowledgeable about sports. Uh, we'll, we'll do some more research Except about NASCAR. Yeah, we'll do more research about NASCAR. That was my point,
4: but I had a lot of fun. It's always fun coming on here. I appreciate it when Kyle Bush and his brother is it, are they brothers? Kurt? Kurt and Kyle? When they both don't make it the, uh, mm-hmm. We're
2: coming back next week and talking about how you were wrong because I'm telling you, the Bush <laughs> is, you they're, they're going to win right. it dude yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to
1: win? Alright Alright Thank you. Still getting used to this board Thank you everybody for joining us tonight on SportsBez Good battle, good win by Alex Jackson. Come back next week. we got four more panelists do some battle, talk some sports. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Ben Cower, listening to WMUL.